Church, developing a culture of loving Christ and serving others. Wow, you, you are, you sound great this morning, I tell you what. Um, man, we are excited for all the good things. I just want to say a, a quick shout out to Troy and Tina for the Movies of the Park. Thank you guys and everybody who helped. Um, it's just been so much fun. It was, I, I, feels like last night. Uh, Friday night, it was fun to uh, talk with the mayor of Harrisville City, Mayor Tate. And she said, thank you guys for all that you do. Thank you for investing into our community. This is just amazing. And after that, I said, okay, great. We'll see you on Tuesday because she's going to be at the police and fire appreciation as well. So uh, she and her husband are just overjoyed and just, man, amazed that our church would be this involved in our community. So um, there's some things that are coming up that I just kind of want to mention. And one of them is the, the police and fire appreciation, which is huge. It's been gaining uh, attention or momentum, I should say. And this is one that we don't advertise to the community. This is one that we just serve and we don't tell everybody. We just let the police and fire, let them know, hey, we're here for you. And we tell you, all of us, that we're going to go serve. Everybody's invited this Tuesday at 630 to show up at the uh, North Shore Pool. And that is, we've rented that all out for every police and fire appreciation, or police and fire. Uh, man, I, a lot of northern Utah. I mean, there's a lot of stations out there. And they're all coming with their families, so their, their uh, husbands or their wives or their children. And, and they're all invited to come. We serve them food. We've got a lot of donations for food. We've got a lot of the community that is given to this. We've got lots and lots and lots of giveaways um, that we're going to give to the police officers and the firefighters. We pray over them. We pray for God's blessing and protection over them and their families. We also um, just honor them. And years past, the police chief, I mean, Rick's developed a great re relationship with them. He's given us those, those coins of just saying, hey, thank you. And, and Rick's like, I can't tell you how many times they say thank you to our church. And, and so this is a big thing. And what we want you to do, you, you may be thinking, what, should, what am I supposed to do when I get there? We want you to go. And we want you to just say, thank you. Just come as a representation of our church and Christ and just say, hey, thank you for putting yourself on the line for us. We're, we're here as Northview Church, and we recognize that you guys are out there every single day, and you may not get thanks all the time, but as a church, we're here to just say, we appreciate you. And that's it. And we'll serve them food, we'll hang out and laugh together and just spend time with them and get to know people. Sound good? Very relational, and we make a big uh, difference into our community just that way. So that's coming up. Rick will be at the back. Um, if you want, if you've signed up to help, he's waving his hand. He'll, you know, he wants to talk with you. If you um, haven't, but you want to help and be a part of it, just go talk to him. You want information details? He's there. He'll be at the back after service today. Sound good? I, or show up at six thirty on uh, Tuesday. So I'll try not to say "sound good" uh, too many times because we've got a lot of things that are. Or I'm going to be asking for your input uh, today. Uh, and next week, don't miss next week. It is a pivotal moment for our church, whether we are going to move forward with property on 2,700, the five acres. Um, we'll lay out more information, kind of give you some pictures, kind of give you, if you haven't driven by it, um, it's just west of the Barn Golf Course up on 2,700. You can see it. There's a for sale sign there in the property there. We're going to have a realtor here. She's going to be with us. You can ask her questions. So in the first service... We're going to ask questions, we're going to talk about that vision, the second service, we'll do a little bit of a brief update, and then we're going to move into the vote. So you may want to come to the first and the second, and it's going to be packed in here, just as a FYI, so come early, and um, it's going to be a, a great time. Be praying about this this week, 
and we'll just see what God does with the direction of this church as far as property goes, and um, we'll be having just a little bit of a different service, in fact, quite a bit different because this is such a big deal for us. This is our, our business meeting that we'll be doing for specific property purchase. Crazy that we're here, right, at this point to be even thinking about this. It's pretty amazing. Also, and I know there's a lot of things going on, next week we have got our connections uh, groups that are going to be kind of launching. We've got a lot more that are starting this next semester, so you can sign up for the new ones. And all of this busyness and craziness and things that's going on, we're never going to lose our connections. In fact, they're growing, and we have more opportunities for you to get connected into a Bible study or connect group or hiking group or build a relationship somehow. That is moving forward as well as more than ever, so we want you to be connected We'll have booths at the side, and you can uh, see that and sign up. We encourage you strongly to be connected with someone somewhere in this church to build those relationships. It's important for uh, discipleship. Discipleship is based on relationships. You can't have it without relationship. So, always reaching the mission of uh, discipleship, of what Jesus said to go to all nations, making disciples. Amen? Oh, so we've got lots of uh, cool things that are happening. Before we go any further, let me just uh, open up in prayer, and then we're going to go over some amazing things of prayer that we're talking about. We're going to pray before we talk about prayer, and uh, go into our uh, second uh, week after uh, our series from praise. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your many blessings. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. And God, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of your word that we are reading today, and so Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit will teach and instruct us about what you're speaking to us directly from your words and help us to uh, receive that in faith in Jesus' name. We say together, amen. And Troy was uh, motioning to me that after service today, we're going to have hot dogs for you as well as an added blessing. So, uh, and ice cream. Uh, so that'll be, is it just ice cream or are we doing hot dogs too? Creamies, hot dogs, popcorn, soda, it's all there for you after church. I, I tend not to tell people that there's food waiting for them because it makes the service just a little bit longer. Um, so let me just start out by saying today's message, I've got no humorous stories, no jokes, no illustrations to make the dots connect. And you're probably thinking, wow, this sounds boring. But really, we've got just some raw teaching from God's word and quite a thick passage of it that we're going to read together and understand more of what God is talking to us through prophecy. And that's what we are uh, d discovering and going to be asking for today is that word prophecy. We're talking about prayer and asking. You know, we have prayer times. We ask God, oh, Lord, bless me, give me this, or help my friend, or help my neighbor, or interceding, or even, Lord, we're, Lord, uh, forgive me or grace and we, we, we maybe we're, we're asking for salvation week in and week out maybe God's moving us from that to a new area of our life of blessings and God I think he likes it when we ask and it's okay to ask and it's okay to ask for more than what you think you deserve because you've already, he's already given it to you and you know he says we have not because we ask not and maybe some things today you'll be challenged to ask for a little bit more than what you've already asked for and specifically, some gifts that God has given and provided for us to have. To equip us, to empower us, to challenge us, not only you, but maybe a person in your life, or maybe the church as a whole. 
And today, one of those gifts that we're going to be talking about and, and, and hovering over is the gift of prophecy. Now, I don't know if you have the gift of prophecy, and maybe you do, and you exercise that, or maybe you have before in the, in the past, and it's laid dormant, or, or maybe you're just afraid of that because you've seen the mis misuse of that or the abuse of that, and, and maybe you're just unsure of that. Maybe you don't even know what it is, and, and so we're going to collaborate all of these emotions and all of these feelings that are in this setting here today, and we're going to bring some clarity under God's Word, and we're going to uh, just talk about it and have a discussion and say, okay, we're going to open this up. This is what this is. This is what this isn't. And we're going to have some time to just express and allow God to move in us and ask for the gift of prophecy. And so we're going to have, we're carving out time today for a raise of hands later on. Who would desi desire or feel that prompting that God would use them in this gifting after we talk through this? And if that's you, then we'll have you come forward and everybody will come up here and we'll kind of pray together and just ask for God to give us that gift. And we'll spend a little time in prayer. And if God, you feel like God is speaking to you, then we want to hear about that. And I'm going to lead you through what that's going to look like in the process of that as we go on. All right. So hang with me because today is more of a teaching because I believe that as we kind of Hear the guidance and the teaching and the instructions of God's word. There's freedom that follows after that. So we'll kind of be on the same page of understanding. And then we'll, uh, we'll experience some more of the freedom in the giftings that God has already given us. And so the first part is we just dive right into scripture. And we see what God says about gifts, especially about prophecy. Say amen if you're ready to go. Amen. All right, let it be so. Let's do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is the Passion Translation. And this is quoted quite a bit. I've quoted it a lot because it's uh, a fantastic uh, uh, I, part of Scripture for us to identify with the gift. So this is the Passion Translation again, um, and it's very poetic. I love how it puts the words together. It knits it beautifully. My fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. For you know full well that when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by worship of idols. How many of you know that there's worship of idols still happening? Right? Anything that we place above God? One way or another, worship of idols, we are which are incapable of talking with you. Therefore, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one's, no one's speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say, Jesus is the accursed one. The Holy Spirit is in them. Now, he's kind of talking about those who are in the, in the fold of God, understand God, the believers. And no one can say Jesus is the Lord Yahweh. I mean, truly meaning that, understand what that means, unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit is already inside the believer. And that if they, you can't say these things for real unless you're a believer or an unbeliever. He's making a distinction between the two. So, it is the same Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is, one, he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them, which I like how he puts this. Each believer is, is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. He's continuing to reveal to us different gifts, different ministries, and activations of his spirit. For example, the spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. 
To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. And to another, the same gift, or the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives the gift of healing. Do you hear that repetitive same, same, one? It's the same Spirit. And to another, the, uh, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift of, to discern what the Spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it's the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. And it goes on to say, the believer or the body is made up of many parts. You've got the arm, you've got the head, you've got the, you've got the shoulder, and you've got the knee bone. And it all operates and functions together. They move independently, and they have different purposes. And yet, they're the same body to function together. Not one is greater than the other. And it continues to say that with the body is just, if one hurts, the other hurts. And then we celebrate, rejoice. No one is greater than the other. No matter how small, your pinky toe is important. You need that. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good stability. Uh, how do I say that? Stabilizer, thank you, for the body. So to be a, a stable church, we need all different kinds of various gifts operating in the church. That's where we're at. Continuing in verse 27, you are the body. Now we're talking about the church, and the church is made up of individuals, so you can point that to yourself as we are sitting in this together. You are the body of the anointed one, that's Jesus, and each of you is a unique and vital part of it. And I'll just affirm that in you. You are vital to this church. God has placed you in the church, in the church, the, God has placed in the church the following. First, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers. Then, those with gifts of miracles, gifts of divine healing, gifts of revelation knowledge, gifts of leadership, and gifts of different kinds of tongues. Not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Not everyone performs miracles or has gifts, has gifts of healing or speaks in tongues or interprets tongues. But you should all constantly boil over with passion and seeking the higher gifts. I like how that's put. Like, it's boiling. There's a pressure when there's a, a lid on the pot. And, it's, and that steam is creating a pressure. It's, it's like it's, it's ready to come out of you. I'm excited. I, I want this in my life. Passion and seeking higher gifts. And he kind of transitions into chapter 13, which we know is 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. He transitions to the verse before and says, And now... You've heard all of these giftings. You've heard what the Holy Spirit is, and it's all one spirit and many different gifts and many different parts of the body. You're one, and Jesus is the head of the body. Now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comparison. That's beyond comparison to any of these gifts. I want to show you something that is beyond that. And he continues by referencing back to the gifts. Now, if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages, you can speak as many languages on the earth, and in the heavenly language tongues of angels speaking in tongues and yet i did not express myself with love if i don't love my words would be reduced all of the the, the beautiful languages would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal or something that is extremely annoying he says first first things first get it right love first now, let me just say we're in this place we're talking about this now because i believe that this is a loving church 
We're in unity. We're in, we're in accord. We believe in each other. We support one another. We, we suffer one another suffer, suffers. We hold each other up. We bear each other's burdens, and we support each other. That's why we're, I'm able to talk about this, because there's a unity of love, and we understand that that, that comes first. And if I was, and he continues, and if I were, were to have the gift of prophecy with profound understanding of, the God, of God's hidden secrets, and if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I'm nothing. Nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything as I owned, as I owned to feed the poor and offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. He is setting this up. He says, here's all these things that you should be seeking, all these gifts. But never forget that these that, that, that love always goes before the gift. Love for Jesus goes before the gift. We don't seek the gift before the gift giver. We seek the gift giver, the gifts follow. And when you seek the gift giver, you're also seeking love and loving your neighbor. as the first and greatest commandment. So we love God, we love others, and in that, we understand that and our identity in who we are, what we're made to be, we are able to go to the following level with the gifts that God has given us. So he describes now how do we love, making sure that this is a part of our church and this is part of who you and I are. Describes love beautifully, totally different than what the world will tell you what love is. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is so gentle and consistently kind to all, to everyone. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as a defeat for it never gives up. So you have the gifts that God says, I have for you. And I, I don't just have them as a reserve. I want you to seek them over to where you're boiling. And you just, you, you want these. You want more from God. But he says, in that passion of seeking me, I, you can't leave out love. Just simply put. Because they're going to know that you're my disciple. Not by your gifts, but by your love. And so when we're talking about prophecy and we're seeking this, we're ready to go into prayer time. This is... Always motiva- motivated about love for God and love, and love for others. And our love for God and love for others flows into these gifts. That's how it works. So what is, what is spiritual gift of prophecy? Since we're highlighting this and hovering over this. The answer is, in the Greek anyways, is translated prof- prophesying or prophecy means to speak forth or declare the divine will or interpret the purposes of God to make known in any way the truth of God, which is designed to influence people. And I'm going to get a little bit wordy through this teaching and instruction. So I'm, going to, I'm just going to say amen once in a while, just so I know that I'm connecting. All right? So I'll kind of give you a little bit of a cue when to say amen. Amen? We're all together on this. Good. So many people understand and or maybe misunderstand uh, prophecy as... Uh, foretelling the future or predicting the future. And although there is an element to the future when we're talking about prophecy, it is not about foretelling. It's more about forthtelling. You see, God already poured forth his speech, right, 
he already let that be known. In the Old Testament, God was prophesying through the Old uh, Testament prophets of Jesus who is to come. So there was foretelling that would happen when Jesus came. But then when Jesus came in the New Testament, the prophecy was all filled and finished. And so there is a prophecy now that we have, that we utter, that is foretelling. That God has already set it into motion. And we reiterate into God's word and understanding into others of what is about to happen. Right? So we know what's going to happen in prophecy in the end times because God already tells us. We're not going to say something new about the end times because that, that's not what God, if, if God doesn't tell us that, it's not accurate. We are telling or prophesying about what God is going to do when you read through Revelation and share that to somebody else. You're prophesying about what's going to happen. Even more on a practical level when you're being baptized or if you've been baptized or you want to be baptized, baptism is a is a source of prophecy you are declaring what god has done and what he's going to do and what how you are going to live it's about your future life with god you are prophesying you're identifying with christ death burial resurrection in that moment of water and living water in you and you have a new witness about what is ahead not just what's behind but what's in front of you there's a prophecy that is happening when you declare god is your life tomorrow through baptism naturally speaking that's uh, a way of prophesying. I'm going to skip over some of my notes because I want to add a little more time to pray. I want to jump right into 1 Corinthians 14. Going right into God's word and, and going into scripture, what he says. 1 Corinthians 14, it is good that you are enthusiastic about and passionate about spiritual gifts. I'm just going to pause for a minute. I'm just going to add something. Those of you who have been raised in a Pentecostal church and have been burned by Pentecostalism and emotionalism, there's a hurdle that sometimes you and I have to get over because we've seen the abuses of that and we are holding on to abuses that cause us to not want to pursue this passionately because of the damage of men, not because of God. And God says, I want you to pursue me and I want you to pursue these gifts I want you to know when man does something incorrectly, it's because of man and not because of me. So we pursue God and his gifts and not the outcome of men and the outcome. We pursue the outcome of God. Enthusiastically and passionately about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Now he's kind of highlighting this gift. You ready? And here's why. When someone speaks in tongues, and yes, this, this will happen. Tongues and no one understands a, no one understands a word, he says, because he is not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. Now, this is called a prayer language. The Holy Spirit will pray through you, and you'll begin to... to uh, some people have the gift of speaking in tongues, and they speak a language, and they pray a language that is unknown to them or others, and people don't know what that is, but it's building you as the prayer, and it's a, it's a gift of prayer and faith, and it strengthens the believer. Okay? Any... Okay, speaking in intimate mysteries in the spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. That's a very, very um, important word. Sometimes there are people who call themselves prophets and are damaging. They come to churches and they have this prophetic. I'm going to speak prophetic things. And this is, this has been damaging for a lot of people and i know personal experience of people in our family who um a prof 
somebody who called themselves a prophet, speaking on God's behalf, was not, and said anybody with a goatee is a homosexual in that church setting. And we laugh at that, but that's, if somebody hears that, they're, we got to understand, when we're hearing prophecy, it's lining up with God's word, and that, that is not correct. And so when someone says, hey, I'm a prophet of God, you don't have to automatically um, believe that. Just the same way, there's a fly bugging around me, and I know it's Satan. And let me just say, the prophecies we read in Scripture is useful for building and bringing comfort, not condemnation. All right. To encourage people to build them up and bring comfort, the one who speaks in tongues advances his own spirit. He's saying it's, it's helpful for you individually. Uh, spiritual progress. While the one who prophesies builds up the church. That would be like Northview Church. I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. There are many of you who are operating out of the prophetic and you don't even know it. What you're doing, let's say God speaks something to you. Have you ever read a scripture verse or you just feel, you go through a scenario, God reveals some important things about his nature, character, and purposes in your life. Like, man, I went through something difficult, but man, God has shown me so much in this life, like in that circumstance, that, that it's amazing. And you're able to share about what you've learned from God to others, and you're helping bring comfort in a situation that they're going through that you just went through, you are speaking about something that they haven't received yet, but you already have, and you're saying, you got to hold on because the best is coming. I've been through exactly what you're going through, and I know how bad it hurts right now, but on the other end of this, God's going to bless you even more. You may be prophesying you don't even know it yet in this way. You're speaking new truths to people of God's principles and promises, and he's already set up in motion. You're foretelling of wonderful things that God has. Delighted if you spoke in tongues, but I did desire you more than part uh, prophetic re revelation to others. Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless there's an interpretation so that it builds up the entire church. Again, tongues is important. We'll just say that. It's a prayer language. It's good for you. It's good for us to seek that gift. But when it comes to the church, Tongues is not going to do anything if there's no interpretation. And the power is robbed if there's no interpretation. And so we, sometimes we operate out of the prayer language and we speak it so loud that other people hear And that's not necessarily what God has. Maybe God gave you a prayer language and he's speaking to you to, to pray to you. And sometimes we get that crossed, our wires crossed, and we say that so loud and that we get confused and we think, okay, now that's a, that needs interpretation. There's no interpretation. Then obviously that was just you speaking, praying loudly that personal prayer you see how this is all kind of working amen all right we're on we're doing good so prophecy declares and still does always has always will prophecy declares the truth of god and the truth of his words and the truth of his promises and the truth of his character nature and provision and understanding of who he is. Sometimes you're going to learn new things about God. But that doesn't mean that they are out of line of his word. They're not new principles. It's not new character or anything like that. It's just a new understanding that you may have. That you share with someone else. That he may or she may learn. We're hearing this. We're kind of changing the way we think about prophecy. I mean, you see in movies and books. The prophecy. You know. Declare. So you're thinking about foretelling. This is foretelling. It's already laid in motion. Now, let me say this. This is experimental. This is expression. This is um, 
diving into this. We're stepping in one foot after the other as we are leading through God's word and scripture and understanding and guidance. We are all candidates of every single gift that God has laid out. We're all candidates. And God says, hey, each one of you have a unique gift. I'm going to give each one of you a different gift. And not one is greater than the other, but a, prop- but a prophecy, it's going to build up the whole church. You're all candidates to start activating the prophetic gift. Some of you have a prophetic gift that you haven't used yet because you haven't ventured into that step. That's why we're doing this today. Some of you have had the prophetic gift and you've let it lay dormant and you're ready and you haven't utilized it because of one thing or another. And maybe it's been years, months, whatever, that God is wanting to reawaken in your soul, revitalize, put a revival inside your, your, your soul and allow you to step forth and say, okay, I'm ready to share what God has already spoken to me. Let me just share something on the spot on the fly that I believe that might be just a little bit of a prophetic into your life and somebody may be here. And with Katie and I, we were doing our devotions. We were reading through uh, John. And in one particular passage, it's where um, Jesus begins to wash his disciples' feet. And Jesus bends down and he he washes the disciples' feet. and, And Peter is so beside himself. He says, you can't touch me, Lord. I, I, I'm too dirty. Don't even, I'm not worthy of you to do this to me. And Jesus says, Peter, if you knew what I was doing, right, you would know that I am a doing, I'm doing a good thing for you and that you need this. And Peter says, then don't just wash my feet. Wash my head. Wash from head to toe. Wash me clean. And, and, and Jesus replies this, and this may be speaking to you. You're already clean, Peter. Your body is clean. You don't need a bath. But your feet need to be washed for their dirty. Some of us may be holding ourselves back from the gifts of God because we don't feel clean. We don't feel worthy for God to use us in ministry as Peter was about to be lost or launched into ministry. It doesn't feel worthy. Maybe he recognizes the sin, the letdowns. He's going he's to deny Jesus three times, and Jesus is going to hear his words, and he's going to look Jesus in the eyes just in a few, in a, in a few moments. He said, I made you clean, you're clean. Your feet are going to get dirty once in a while because of sin. You live in a sinful world, you live in a sinful, sinful um, arena, this life is. It's just going to attack you. You're not going to be perfect, but I'm perfect. I want you to come to me with your dirty feet, and I'm going to wash them. Just know, you're already clean, you're cleansed, you're whole. But sometimes your feet are going to get a little bit dirty. Uh, come to me, I'm going to wash them. Maybe that's you today. We need that rec- recognition that you're here. You don't need to carry that guilt and that shame and, or worry that, that God doesn't love you because of your sin. Maybe you stumbled and you've got dirt on your feet because you've stumbled. God wants to wash that clean. Just to put that in you. Move you to the next step. Maybe this is your next step. When God speaks, He reveals His Word into you by stirring, promoting you to grow and others to grow in their walk with God and understanding of the principles and application of God's Word through His character. And it starts to activate through our understanding, moving into desire, and set into action through our faith. We are people of faith, so we have to step out into the unknown and allow God to respond as we respond. It's a relationship. It's a dance. We come forward. He moves. He takes a step. He takes a step. We don't ever always have everything figured out, but we let God do the figuring out of this.
It's a spiritual exercise to come forward and just say, okay, God, I'm ready to be used by you. I'm going to allow you to speak to me and through me to others to help build and encourage and comfort. And we want to encourage that. The whole reason for today, I want to ask the worship team to come forward. The whole reason for this is to, we're not producing a gift. We're not giving you something. We're just, something's already there. God is the gift giver. And we're just saying, okay, we want to see something grow inside you. And there's no magic formula. It's just, we're here together. And faith is increased when we're together. So no greater time than this to do this together. Where I'm believing in this and you're believing and I'm believing what God is for you and, and vice versa. And we're praying for one another to say, okay, let's see what happens. And I want to see God do his thing in your life. I want to pray over you and just see what happens. So Second Timothy, this is why we're doing this today. For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, fan into flame the gift of God. You know what happens when you have a spark right before the fire? You breathe into that, the Holy Spirit breathes. And we are to fan each other, and we are to just encourage. That's what that means. How? Through the laying on of hands. For God gave us the Spirit, not of fear. Some of us may be in a fear mode of His gifts because we've seen to the, the side of the abuses of man, men. God says, don't fear that anymore. But I've given you power. And I've given you love, and we're going to do this in love, and in self-control. Maybe we've seen it out of control, tipping over chairs, falling into baptismals. Do you see that? That's not self-control. You can't operate out of control when you're operating in the gift of the Spirit, because this, one of the gifts of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit, is self-control. So they, they're not in conflict. You're in self-control, and when you're in self, the gift of self-control, right, you allow the freedom of God's control. So there is a, a marriage or a partnership where we're in full understanding and full awareness and freedom and working in his gifts as he has given us his control and authority. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on Northview Church, please visit northviewutah.com.